Happy Tuesday. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. The phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. And you can uh, hit me up on Twitter at Pete Callender. You can also email me, Pete, at the Pete Callender Show. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for letting me be a part of your day. I appreciate it. So we got a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, I'm not going to cover, I'll tell you what I'm not going to cover really is the uh, the latest with the Mark Robinson stuff. We went over it yesterday. He's got a press conference slated for, I think, 3 or 3.30 this afternoon. I'll eavesdrop on that after I get off air. So right now we're just going to kind of, uh, I don't want to say ignore it. If it comes up in conversation, okay, but uh, the you know Democrats are obviously you know wanting to make this the issue. Thank you very much. Uh, it's not a culture war when Democrats engage in it. Um, also, the city council last night, I watched it, so you didn't have to. You're welcome. I'm a giver. And so uh, big news was essentially just that uh, they got an update on their uh, uniform development uh, ordinance and the 2040 vision plan and all of that. Uh doesn't matter. Uh, basically, what we need to know is that their big change to blow up single family zoning in Charlotte won't actually result in more housing affordability. So good job. <laughs> I thought that was the point. I thought the re- look pros and cons on this. I've, I, I've argued on, uh, on both sides of that. I understand like if it's my property, I should be able to determine whether or not I pack it filled with, you know, multifamily, but I also recognize the value of, uh, some level of zoning. I also recognize that too much zoning uh, can be stifling and restrict property rights unnecessarily and illegally. Um, all that being said, Charlotte has grown as it has for decades with single-family zoning, and now that's being obliterated. And the idea is that, uh, well, I mean, as far as I can tell, it's pretty interesting. There are, it seems like there are a bunch of different um envies at play there and and there's politics obviously in some of this but there's also i think there's a lot of envy as with all development types of uh debates and issues there's a healthy dose of jealousy it um and, and you know protectionism to a degree obviously for the nimby folks the not in my backyard folks they are uh, opposed to, you know, the changing nature of the character of the neighborhood, something like that, um, which, look, neighborhoods change character. They, it's what they do. Life is change, right? So I, I, I've never been one of these people that's like, oh, no, no, we need to make sure that this neighborhood never changes. Now, that being said, it's pretty cool when you walk around historic neighborhoods and old neighborhoods and um, so like when Christy and I, uh, moved back, uh, to town, we got an apartment down in South park. I've never lived in the South park area. The quote, well, I take it back. When I first moved to Charlotte, I had a tiny little apartment off of Selwyn Avenue. And I mean, tiny and paper thin walls. And there was a, 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 a bowling team that lived upstairs, uh, from me. I think it's the only thing I could determined was they had to have been bowlers but at any rate um that was the original place that i had it was dirt cheap and uh it was you know not great construction but i couldn't afford much more and so yes i lived in that in that area but as a reporter for wbt i 
I saw the whole city I, because this was before GPS. I was driving all over the place and learned all these areas of the city. Then I bought a house over on the east side, uh, Eastway and Shamrock area, fixed that up, moved down to Steel Creek with Christy, and then we uh, then I went to Asheville. So, uh, and she had an apartment in Uptown Charlotte for a little while. So we've been kind of all over the place. And now we're in South Park. And as I drive into the studio every day, like I'm driving through the area, and it's like these aren't McMansions. Like those were the, McMansions are the things that went up in what Elizabeth, right? That area, right? That's what those were the McMansions. And I and I actually went down my old street, uh, well, probably about a year ago now, and. There are McMansions like all over the place there. But now you just got straight up mansions getting, you know, replaced. And so you got these huge lots of land all through South Park, right? All all through the area, master planned, uh, you know, Myers Park and all this. And I always get the sense, and well, here you go. Hang on. We have to give you a sense of it. I'll give you the verbatim. Do, 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 do. Here we go. Um, This is from some guy named Steve. On Twitter. And so, you know it's legit. He, um, well, his his official handle is SteveNC8504. And he self-describes as married to a wonderful man, have two beautiful babies. I am 36-year-old. Got questions. Just ask. He slash him. Hashtag LGBTQ. Hashtag love is love. Hashtag dem. Hashtag activist. And then he's got a big thing that says... Um, was it go Brandon? Is that what it is? That what that says? Trump, you go Brandon Trump. That's what it says behind his big picture of a. I guess that is this the new the new pride flag. That's not or it's on his side or something. Yeah, I don't know. I thought the pride flag was supposed to the colors were supposed to include everybody. Anyway, the point here is that Steve articulated a pretty good. He articulated what I get the sense of in these discussions when it comes to either the redistricting or the development, and it's about the wedge and the crescent. And anybody who doesn't know the dynamics here is that the wedge is Southeast Charlotte, and that's where all the rich people and the white people and the Republican people, that's where they all live. And then the crescent is everybody else. And so there is this... There's, well, here he says, it's hilarious to see these white Republican members of the Charlotte City Council, I guess Tark Bukhari would be one of them, uh, freak out over the 2040 plan maps due to fear of the, quote, undesirables possibly moving into their wealthy, prominently white neighborhoods in duplexes or triplexes. So this, like, that's the end. Like, we're going to get into South Park. Oh, here we come. We're getting in there. And oh, you're so afraid of us. But at the same time, mocking people for being afraid of the thing that you're totally going to go do, right? Because why? Because you should, you deserve to live in South Park too, right? Isn't that kind of... That's the sense I get in a lot of this. It really is. That's the sense I get. That's Santana. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Email from Tom. Pete, how much do you? Uh, how much do people think a duplex in Myers Park or even South Park is going to rent for? They certainly will not be in the price range that many people uh, live today. So changing to duplexes is not going to solve the need for affordable housing. It's just something else for certain groups to protest. 
Um, well, but they're fighting systemic racism and redlining and racist housing policies. They're fighting all of that by allowing the duplexes that are going to cost like a million and a half. They actually broke down some of the <laughs> some of the numbers. And anyone who like as one now who has driven through what I've been here since July, I've been driving through South Park since July. And over time, like, again, this is like polling for me. I get a I get a sense based on the trend, not on a single data point. Right. So, oh, isn't that an interesting poll shows this one thing. And sometimes it's of interest and we can discuss it. But generally speaking, I'm, I'm not following the polls. What I will follow is a trend line. And what I see going in, like these houses that are getting torn down, getting replaced, they're not getting replaced with, you know, I don't know, a quadplex. They're not getting replaced with multifamily, by and large. I mean, there's the big project. What is it? The Colony or whatever it is. That's just a major, I mean, that's a massive apartment complex. I think that got ripped down and is now getting replaced. But, um, no, there's a particular condo. There's a condo development right near there that I've been watching. I'm just waiting on that one. Not that I'm doing anything with it, but I just, like, it's one of the things, like, when is this one going to sell? Of course it's got to sell. Come on. This thing was built in, like, the 30s. Um, I've actually been told, yeah, I, well, I won't go. It doesn't matter doesn't matter. So I just, I watch these properties and I'm looking at them and I'm like, who's going to go next? Like someone's going to get bought. But a lot of these properties, people are coming in, they're buying the land, they're tearing the house down. And these are, you know, $600,000, $700,000 homes minimum, right? They're tearing these places down and then, or, or adding to them. And if they turn them into a duplex, I mean, we went through one a couple of weeks ago because Christy and I, we, we just like, you know, looking at neighborhoods and driving through and looking at stuff like this. And we drove through a neighborhood that they had, like they put in a street. They put in like a cul-de-sac off of one of these South Park streets. And there's like, I don't know, a dozen of these like $1.5 million, I guess they're condos, townhomes or something. They're very nice, obviously, at a million and a half dollars. But like this is what they're packing in. So – to the point that was made last night in the presentation to city council, they're not making more affordable housing here, right? In the wedge guys, it's just going to be denser high end housing. Yeah. So again, like, honestly, if you like, if you uptown guys, more housing in uptown, I know there's a lot of housing there now, but that's, I mean, to me, that's what makes, of course, it's going to move out. But, I mean, if you want the high-density stuff, go where, go, you know, go where you can uh, maximize the uh, the impacts there. Just makes sense to me. Uh, all right, let me go over here to David. Hello, David. What's going on? Welcome to the show. Hey, hey thanks, man. Yeah. One point I don't know if folks are making is that, you know, when you have duplexes and triplexes in residential areas, it brings down the property value for owners. Renters versus owners. That's one of the huge problems there, too. True. Well, yes. And so a duplex, uh, generally speaking, by definition, is a rental versus condos. Not to say that they can't be condos. Obviously, in the South Park area, right, a lot of those are being sold as uh, multifamily owner units, right? They're not rentals. Um, 
But yeah, in a lot of other areas, they are rentals. And um, look, my brother lived in a quadplex. I uh, I looked at uh, a quadplex over in Elizabeth, you know, 20 years ago, and it was a rental. Uh, but any rental uh, can, can, not necessarily, but can, yeah, drive down property values, especially if you have a lot of them. But nine times out of ten, they will significantly. Well, I don't know. Like, you know I don't know if that's true or not. In a neighborhood that's all owner occupied or rentals. But, well, see, okay. Well, hang, hang on, David. But hang on. So what? What I said was to when you have a certain number, like a single, a single rental in a neighborhood is not going to drive down everybody's property taxes, right? But it's not going to raise it. Well, I might. You don't. I mean, you don't. What if it's a really nice? Rental it could be a really nice rental property. It doesn't matter. It's owners versus renters. That's what affects property. Oh, I disagree. Value. No, no, I disagree. I think uh, I think it does matter. I think if you've got, I think if you have rent, so the, the issue, and as a renter and an owner, I've probably rented longer than I've owned, but I recognize the difference in a mindset that you have when you own versus when you rent. Absolutely, but uh, I have. I've lived in some pretty nice rental properties that were actually nicer than the homes in the surrounding area. So uh, we were the luxury apartments up in Asheville. And, I mean, there were nice houses around the area, but most of them were not. So I I, I don't know. Did did we drive down those prices? Probably not. We had way nicer amenities and way nicer grounds and way nicer buildings than the houses did. So – that's not always the case, but I do I do agree that when you have a certain amount of it, then yeah, you have lack of buy-in to the community, right? You got a lot you have you have less that keeps people attached because it's a transient population. I am a perfect example of that. I'm living in an apartment in South Park and I will be vacating in mere months. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. That's Stevie Ray Vaughan. All right, let's go over here to Joe. Welcome to the show. Joe, how are you? What's up? Well, hello, sir. How are you? I am well. What's going on? I just wanted to say I'm the old Joe that you used to know. I don't know if you recognize my voice. Is this uh, Reverend Joe Chambers? No. <laughs> <laughs> This is the old political Joe that you used to deal with. I think we, uh, I made a testimony in front of the city council about the budget or something. Well, that could, there were so many people that would used to go down. So wait, so you would go down to the city council meetings. And yeah, when I thought it was worthwhile. I'm uh, Joe Huss. Does that yes, 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 yes. I do remember. I remember your name. I, absolutely. I did not remember your voice. Good to hear from you. You doing well? All right. Wonderful. I just wanted to welcome you to Charlotte. I did not realize till last week that you actually moved into the neighborhood. Ah, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you had not realized I had been gone all these years, uh, which probably well, that would have well, been a little I'll more hurtful. As soon as you left. No, I've <laughs> I appreciate it, Joe. No, I'm glad to be back. And uh, on, like, and honestly, like for about. Six of the years, I want to say, when I was working in Asheville, Christy was still here in Charlotte, and we would just go, I would drive back down into town. So, like, I I still kind of had a foot here in Charlotte, you know, um, but yeah, then I then we eventually, uh, she moved uh, up to Asheville, we packed up, we, uh, we rented, we bought a house, and uh, then I got let go. 
like within six months. So, <laughs> well, and then I'm back. Why uh, move to begin with, I might ask. What's that? What was, what did you, I'm sorry, I, I missed your question. I said, if, if you, if, you know, you don't have to say anything, but why did you move to Asheville to begin with? Oh, they offer, I got a job offer up there, and I, I, I did the uh, afternoon drive show up in Asheville for eight years. Well, that's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a lot of fun. So, Joe, good to hear from you, sir. And thanks for uh, thanks for welcoming me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It's good to talk to you and good to hear your voice again. You too. Take care, sir. Uh, yeah, old Joe has. Um, let me go over here to Kent. Hello, Kent. What's up? Hey, Pete. Hey. Uh, I'll give you a quick example of why I don't rent affordable houses in Charlotte anymore. Um, Is it because you're rich? A, you don't You don't need affordable houses? I don't rent them. Oh, you don't I, rent them out. I got you. I thought you meant yeah, why I you got don't. Four of them I inherited, and they're all empty. And I rent in down in Steel Creek. I rent for about five hundred a month in a nice, quiet little area, and they were decent houses. But uh, I had a truck driver lose his job. This is back before the COVID. Yeah. And I uh, gave him several months of free rent. Finally, the septic tank started backing up, and I said, "Well, well, Joe, you just got to move." And so I served him notice saying that he should uh, vacate by the end of October, which was about six weeks away, and he didn't move. So when I went to court, the judge said, wait a minute, you can't evict this guy during his term. And by using the terminology vacate by the end of October, I was trying to evict him during the month of October, which is illegal in North Carolina. Now, if I said... uh, vacate by the 1st of November, that would have been fine. So so the, the, my tenant didn't even appear at the hearing, but I could not evict him. So I had to serve him notice again. I had to file eviction papers again. I had to make another trip to Charlotte again. I had to appear in court again. And then this time uh, I was able to evict him. I had to go by, see if he actually left. Well, I had to serve the papers on him, mm-hmm. then go by and see if he actually left, and then clean up the colossal mess that he left. Yeah. So that's why I got four empty rental houses down in Steel Creek that I'm not going to rent anymore. And they rented for about 500 bucks. You can't find rent like that in Charlotte. Even no. today, I would, I would rent them for maybe 550 if I if I wanted to. so th- And so this is what you're getting, some sort of a subsidy for keeping the price that low? No, no, no subsidy. No Section 8, no nothing. That's that's what uh, you I own them. my mom. They don't only cost me too much. Right. I, I, I rented uh, the last one or two simply to pay the taxes. Right. But, but now I'll just pay the taxes and let them sit empty. To what end? What are you going to do with, I mean... That's that doesn't sound like a that doesn't sound fiscally prudent long term. Well, it's industrial land, which is another thing. If uh, if I had my right the rights to my land, I might have put some more trailers on the on the property. I might have improved the houses. I might even be living there myself in my mom and dad's old house. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, industrial land, you can't do any of that. You know, you, so what, uh, what these... you got is what you got. And if they're old pre World War Two houses, uh, that that's all you got. So, so these were rezoned by the city against. The, yeah, the, the the city county rezoned them industrial many years ago. Ah. And I could have sold the land for an industrial use, but it's my home, and I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. And I can afford the taxes. 
Yeah. But I could also be giving a home to four families. Right. If if I got treated fairly by the courts. Well, part of the issue, though, and you're, I'm, I'm so five hundred dollars. So I will I will tell you this in the analogy here. Here's an analogy. Uh, Neil Bortz, the old talk show host, used to talk about the amount of money that Disneyland or Disney World would charge for entry into the park. And people would complain because I don't know what the prices are, but they were always they were high. Right. People are like, I can't believe that Disney charges whatever it is, like eighty dollars or one hundred dollars, whatever to get in. And Neil Bortz always used to say. He is totally fine with that. They should charge more money because it keeps the riffraff out. That's what he <laughs> and, and to his point, like that makes now I'm not saying all people who can't afford that are riffraff. I am saying, though, that people who are looking to cause trouble are not going to spend that kind of money to go do so. Right. But I don't know what that price point would be for people in rental housing. I, I, I don't. I don't know how you do that. I really don't. Um, but $500 is so cheap that well, you're you, probably going to get people that don't to, know how to take care of a house. You'd have to visit these houses and judge for yourself, but they were well worth. I could probably have gotten 800 to 1000 uh, maybe 12 1500 for the largest of the houses. How big are these? How many bedrooms are these places? Uh, let's see. I had three. had two bedrooms. Yeah, I mean, I one. thought the going rate was like 500 bucks a bedroom. I think you probably yeah. could have got yeah. I think you probably could have got almost two grand for a long term lease on a house. Well, yeah, but that doesn't solve my problem with the stupid courts who won't let you evict a non paying tenant that has lived in your house three or four months and won't leave. And then they on a on a technicality. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I hear you, Kent. I appreciate. It. I've heard similar stories from other landlords as well, property owners as well, uh, and uh, I can empathize, but I don't know firsthand. <laughs> Dear Pete, anti-suburb is just leftist code for anti-white. Tweeter hashtag pronoun guy just said the obvious quiet part out loud. Ironically, his bourgeoisie lifestyle won't fare so well in his imagined social justice warrior neighborhood either. Um, Right, just like all things in Charlotte and in many parts of America, right, you just kind of pick at the surface and there's race. Look at that, there's race. And uh, so, the, yeah, housing patterns. By the way, this is one of those things. Um, there was a, So I was up in Asheville at the time when the city council up there did their big reparations vote. And um, do you remember when this happened? It was about a year ago. And well, they didn't do a... Re- well, okay, so they... So they agreed to set up a commission. Uh, I'm not sure if there were going to be blue ribbons or not handed out, but it was going to be, it was going to be a commission and they were going to examine some stuff. And then they were going to make a recommendation to council. And then council would at some point maybe do something about it. And everybody was like, they best reparations. And they didn't actually, but that's what they got credit for. Now, my view has always been that if government took a bunch of property from people, I don't care what race they are, but if government took property from people and did not compensate them for it or did not compensate them at a fair market value, then, yeah, those people are due reparations for that. And I don't care from how long ago. Like, that's – you don't get to do that. You don't get to take people's property. That's It's right there 
in the right in the founding documents, right? Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That was property, right? So, like, that's the whole point. You, you it's your property. So, to the extent that, like, the Brooklyn neighborhood here in Charlotte, uh, if there are business owners, families, you know, whatever next of kin, if you can identify people that had their property taken from them, then by all means, they should be compensated for that. But that's it. Like, there's got to be a justification for it. Like, I'm not just going to say, well, some people, you know, look a certain way, and so therefore, you know, no, sorry, not on board with that. But um, let's see here. This is a tweet from M. Bale. He says, man, hearing the story of that guy's rental properties irks me a lot. My girlfriend and I would have loved an opportunity for a rental property like that. Dumbfounded how people think it's productive to leave destruction for their own mistakes. I'll tell you, it's one of the things Christy and I, so when Christy and I bought our house, when we got married, we bought our house in Steel Creek. And um, before we, while we were looking, and so this was 09, because everything had, remember the market had just tanked. We had sold her house because Christy and I, we both bought our homes in October of 05. And then we met in October of 05. We like literally each purchased our home in the same month. And then we met. (laughs) and so she was living down in Monroe and uh, when we bought our house in Steel Creek we had to sell hers we had to sell mine so we sold hers and hers went up for sale the week the market collapsed like literally like remember when John McCain was like I'm gonna fly back to uh, DC to fix everything remember that that stunt that's that was the week that the closing was and it got delayed. Oh yeah. We've had some, we've had some, some times selling homes. So, um, we buy the house though at the bottom of that market and, uh, the house down in still Creek. And so we're looking at all these different houses and I could not believe we looked at a house. It was in a, I want to say it was down around Matthews and the house was owned by, the girlfriend of a Carolina Panther or something. And the place was a wreck. And this was, they were like, this was a bank foreclosure and the bank wanted, I don't remember what they wanted. Cause I told our realtor, I was like, yeah, make him an offer of 200,000. And she was like, she laughed. <laughs> and then I said, no, I'm serious. <laughs> Cause it was a really big house. But I was like, look at this place. It's a wreck. There was like a tree that had fallen over in the backyard. There were shutters falling off the front of the house. It did not show well. All of the white trim in every single room had been painted with like a stain color. So it didn't even stain because it wasn't sanded. It was white paint. And then they they smeared like this stain over it. And it looked like, uh, well, I mean, it looked like poop. Baby poop. The worst kind. It, it, it was terrible. And they had ripped up all the parquet flooring. And then put down like those plastic tile squares and stuff. Oh, it was just terrible. So uh, it was it was a big fixer-upper. And, um, but I could not believe the damage people did to homes. And uh, looking, at, looking at the homes that... T- yeah, so I can only imagine what it's like now for uh, rentals. Um, I've lived in rentals. The rental I'm in now is not so great. It's... I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, people do not care when it's not their own property. They take care of their own property, generally speaking... They take care of it better. Now, there's also a social capital component 
baked in here. You know, how do you build social capital and how do you, you know, teach people like, hey, no, you really should, you know, empty the trash. I like stuff like that. Um, some people may not know. Um, this is why. So now Christy and I, we are bu- we're buying a house uh, and it's getting built. And so uh, it's west of the airport. So it's between the airport. It's on the west side. So you don't even hear the planes because you're on the, the west. You're like perpendicular or uh, parallel to the uh, to the runway. So you don't even hear the air- airplanes like you did down at Steel Creek. So the west side before the river. So there's like, and it's all undeveloped right now. And at last week's city council, they got an update on the big river district project that Duke is building. And that's going in near where we are. So I'm just saying, all like if you don't want to go all the way into Gaston County and you want to come join us, maybe we can swing a district, right? Maybe we can swing a district to a Republican column. Just get a whole bunch of people that move out there to that 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 sliver between the airport and the and the river. It's beautiful. Also, I saw Vilma Leak driving her car. She has a big "Thank you for electing me" sign on her car, which is weird because at the last meeting she said she was not comfortable being on the Zoom camera for safety reasons, but she puts her name on her vehicle. It's very weird. 